It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch our show and subscribe to our show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check us out wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss a single edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast and be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday, unless breaking news happens or it's a holiday, but this Friday especially, I'll be right there answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions right here on the show. To participate in this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag on Lockdown Panthers, either at me or DM me on Twitter at Julian Council. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You ever dreamed of becoming an NFL general manager and managing your own football franchise? Well, then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. My listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code Locked On. Frank Reich is officially the Carolina Panthers' new head coach, the first offensive-minded head coach in Carolina Panthers history. You had defensive-minded head coaches all the way up to Matt Rule, and still not quite sure what Matt Rule's expertise was, but we'll get into the mistake that David Tepper made as he admitted that later on on Tuesday when speaking to the media following Frank Reich's press conference. But I want to spend some time here to start off the show by discussing some of the things that Frank Reich had to say on Tuesday afternoon here in Uptown Charlotte. Now, I am not someone that gets overly caught up in what coaches say, whether it be at a regular press conference during the week or after a game, but particularly I don't get all that caught up in what they say at an introductory press conference. Now, the vibe was way different this time than it was three years ago when Matt Rule was introduced. I always jokingly said that Matt Rule and the Panthers had a pep rally when he got introduced. When you had, I think, Percussion was there. You had Roy and Riot fans, which is totally fine if you want to involve the fans. It was just a little bit different and felt way more college than you ever see in the NFL. It's typically just, all right, hey, here's the media core. Here's your head coach. You guys get like 30 minutes, and then we're out. And there was a larger collection as it looked like they did it on the suite level of Bank of America Stadium. On Tuesday afternoon, it was just completely different when watching it on Tuesday and listening to what Frank Reich had to say, but I never get all that caught up because what they say does not matter. And that's just kind of how I feel about anything in life. Words, yes, they have importance, but actions far more important than words. And hey, Matt Rule can say all these things about what he wants to do and his brand and his process. And what did that lead to? Nothing but losses. Frank Reich stood up there, said a lot of good things, and I appreciated a lot of things he said, but will any of it matter if the Carolina Panthers go out there and do not make the playoffs 
the next three years under his tutelage as a head coach. No. So I'm not trying to sit here and poo-poo what Frank Reich had to say because I like a lot of things he said. Just telling you, for me personally, press conferences, eh, whatever. Does it really matter? Go out there, win some games, and then, then I will buy into what you had to say at the beginning. And there's plenty of examples of guys that have had great press conferences and flopped, guys who had terrible press conferences and been great, and then guys who have been bad and just been bad, and guys who have been great that have been great. So it it doesn't really matter. But let's get into some of the things that Frank Reich had to say. Now, first off, David Tepper went up there, did not have much to say, at least in front of the entire media at that point in time. He did have a huddle later on after the press conference, but talked about how Frank Reich is a man of incredible integrity. He's an incredible family man that they felt that he was someone that has a great process and a great way of doing things and that he's a guy that checks all the boxes and that he can build a culture and a team here in Carolina. And certainly – Everything I've read about Frank Reich since he's been hired and even when they were going through the hiring process, he seemed like a solid dude. And a lot of his former players have nothing but positive things to say about him. So I'm excited about the man Frank Reich being here, but also the football coach Frank Reich being here in Carolina. Now, when Frank Reich got up to the podium, he talked about nothing but the best is the standard here in Carolina. Now, he learned that through the interview process when talking to David Tepper, when talking to Nicole Tepper, and when talking to Scott Bitter and Dan Morgan that nothing but the best is what they want to have here in Carolina. Unfortunately, for the first three years, we have not seen that. But now, with a better process in getting a veteran head coach who's had success in this league, that is the hope. But clearly, that was the vision that he saw laid out by the Tepper family and by the Panthers hiring corps when he decided to come here to Carolina and try and help resurrect this franchise. And he talked about his vision. He said it's clear. It's about building a brand of excellence. And at the top is championships. And at the bottom of that is being a playoff team. It's not anything less than that. You're either a championship caliber team, you're a playoff team at the very least. He wants to build a brand of excellence here in Carolina. It's up about his four pillars. It's ownership and new organization. You have to have... Oh, you have to have... Uh, God, I can't even... I lose my train of thought. You have to have um, alignment. That the owner and the organization as a whole has to all be on the same page, that they all have to be wanting to pull in the same direction. He talks about the players. Of course, it's a player's game. It's a player's league. The players are the ones who go out there and, of course, make plays. You have to have the right players who have the right attitude and the right mentality. He talks about the coaches, coaches being able to elevate those players and having the right schemes and philosophies that come here. And then lastly, he said about the fans. So ownership in the organization, players, coaches, fans, those were four pillars here in Carolina. He laid out a message to the players, talking about his three primary principles of relentless pursuit to get better every day. Excellence comes through competition, and the team always comes first. And when talking about competition, I'm already thinking about, hey, we got kicker controversy here. You're not going to let Zane Gonzalez go. You're not going to let Eddie Pinheiro go. Let those guys bow it out. Whenever you bring a young quarterback here, you're not just going to hand him the job. You're going to bring a veteran quarterback here who's going to push that guy and make that rookie earn the opportunity here in Carolina. So a relentless pursuit to get better every day. Excellence comes through competition, and a team always comes first. The team, the team, the team, what he said when speaking to the media. And then he had a message to you, the fan, and really to me as well, saying that he's going to bring a brand of football, a style of football that the city can be proud of. Exciting in all three phases, offense, special teams, defense. They're going to be innovative. They're going to be creative. They're going to do it the right way on and off the field. So all the same things that you hear from pretty much anybody when they first get hired by an organization, that's what Frank Reich had to say to us on Tuesday afternoon. And it felt, 
I don't know, more real based off of just his demeanor. And this is similar to when Steve Wilkes took over for Matt Rule. He's a different person. So obviously his delivery is not going to be the same that we saw from Matt Rule. But the way he carries himself just felt more professional in terms of, hey, this guy, that's a real NFL football coach. That's a leader. And I felt the same way when listening to Frank Reich. Again, they're all just words, but he laid out that foundation in the culture that he wants to bring here to Carolina and that he had in Indianapolis when they were having success and how he wants to now be able to cultivate that and bring sustained success here to the Carolinas. Now, again, those are nice things, but y'all want to know how he feels about the current roster and whether he's going to call plays and plan a quarterback and his philosophy and all that kind of stuff. And who's going to be in charge of the 53-man rosters? Last time, it was Matt Rule who got the say. Does Frank Rule get the final say? We'll get into all that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. But before we do that, y'all, I got to tell you about our friends over there at Ultimate Pro Football GM. That's who is sponsoring today's episode. You heard me talk about them and their mobile game app, and I can't tell you how much fun I've had competing against my fellow Locked On NFL hosts. Chris Carter, the host of Locked On Steelers, was our Locked On NFL champion this year, and unfortunately, I was not. Well, now it's your turn to compete, but more on that later. Have you ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your own football franchise? Well, your dream can come true, and this game is definitely for you. You'll manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through seasons, and lead your team to glory, trying to build a dynasty. With Ultimate Football GM, you're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft and all the ups and the downs of a season. All this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football Jam is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and whenever you want to. And right now we have created a locked on league for you to compete against all the lockdown fans all across the world. Can you be the ultimate locked on football GM. Choose the locked on league in the app to join so you can create a football dynasty. Locked on Panthers listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code locked on in the game store. That's locked on in all caps. So make sure to check it out today. Download the game. Just visit ultimate GM.com or look up in the app stores. That's ultimate GM.com. Ultimate football GM. Start your dynasty today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so Frank Reich had a lot of nice things to say, a lot of warm and fuzzy about, hey, you, the fan, you're important. We're going to give you a brand of football you can be proud of. We're going to be excellent in all three phases, innovative, creative, yada, yada, yada. And he talks about ownership in the organization, players, coaches, fans, four pillars and all that. He talks about a relentless pursuit to be great every day. Excellence comes through competition. The team always comes first. All that is great. And all that is very standard press conference. Hey, I'm coming here to win football games. We're going to do it a different way. We're going to do it the right way. We've heard all that stuff before. And we've been lied to before. (laughs) And the last guy kind of did it. I know he didn't want to do it. But at the end of the day, everything that Matt Rule told us here in Carolina was a lie. And he's been trying to go out there and save his bacon since. But hey, man, 
Just go to Nebraska. So you got a great portal class. Stop talking about the Carolina Panthers. He was on the podcast again last week, bussing with the boys. I'm over it, Matt. But Frank Reich is here now, and hopefully Frank Reich can be that coach that can finally have back-to-back winning seasons here in Carolina. And I think coming up here in 2023, as long as they do what I told them to do yesterday, the to-do list here in the offseason, as long as they check all those boxes, get the right guy at quarterback, get the right coaches, figure out what they're going to do with the salary cap, and you know, bring back Brian Burns and find some more corners and another wide receiver, which I think I left off the list. Either way, as long as they do all that, and they do it the right way, I think this team can be a playoff team here in 2023. But we will see whether Frank Wright can do that. So a lot of great things that you love to hear, but also have heard from plenty of coaches that have tried and failed and also plenty of coaches that have had success in the NFL. But let's get into the nitty-gritty of what you really wanted to hear from Frank Wright once the media actually got to ask him some questions. So the current roster, how does he feel about it right now? Because to me, defensively, with Brian Burns, with – Shaq Thompson currently, uh, Frankie Louvu, um, Derek Brown, Jeremy Chin, J.C. Horn, you know all those names. With that young core defensively, you got to feel good about where those guys are. And, yes, the attrition of the season the last couple years has hurt them later on, especially in that Week 17 matchup against the Buccaneers where that loss was as much about maybe the turnovers on offense, maybe the Bucs just having more experience, as it was – the Panthers being down their top two corners in Dante Jackson and J.C. Horn. And if they play that game, maybe the Carolina Panthers win. Maybe the Carolina Panthers go on to be division champions in the NFC South. And maybe that means that Steve Wilkes is the coach, but it doesn't matter. That's not what happened. But either way, you have a good defense. You found an offensive line last season that was able to have continuity, stay healthy until the final week of the season, which now might um, – hurt them going here into 2023. Fingers crossed that's not the case, but the reality of the situation is uh, Austin Corbett's probably not going to be ready to go right off the bat. But we'll see how it works out. But Frank Reich talked about, you know, the defense is obviously a real strong point here in Carolina and talking about, like, hey, a top 10 defense is a defense that, you know, can keep you in every game, but a top five defense, which the Carolina Panthers absolutely can have here and we've had in the past is a, a team that can is a defense that can keep you in every game but also help you find a way to win every game that you're in you have to get the right coaches to help elevate those players and he's also really encouraged by the offensive growth that the Carolina Panthers made over the last half of the season where they were able to adapt and he talked about adapting to quarterbacks later on in his press conference but really he showed the ability to adapt back in Indianapolis and I know there's a lot of people who kind of criticize Steve Wilkes for oh I don't want to watch this style of offense Okay, well, Sam Darnold was his quarterback. Ben McAdoo was his offensive coordinator. And they really only had one wide receiver. They have no pass catching tight ends. So what exactly did you want them to do? They went out there and ran the damn ball, and they did a great job behind those war daddies on the offensive line and with Chuba and with Deontay Foreman, and they found success. Half the time, the other time, they didn't find success, which is totally fine considering what the expectations were when Wilkes took over a 1-4 football team. But Frank Reich was certainly encouraged by what he saw offensively through those final four games with the offensive line, with the run game. And he believes that they have wide receivers that have the ability to get vertical. We've seen that with DJ Moore. Maybe Terrace Marshall can bring that. I think they need to go find someone either in the draft or free agency that can truly be that downfield threat that Robbie Anderson was supposed to be. I would love to see that. Also mention the running game, of course. Mention Deontay Foreman by name. Hint, hint. Maybe he's going to be re-signed here in Carolina. Y'all know my stance. Um, federal minimum wage. Never pay a running back. You can easily find somebody via the draft or on the cheap who can come in and do the job. And didn't they get Deontay Foreman on the cheap? So we'll see how it works out. Now, as far as calling plays, that's going to be a key question over 
the next couple of days as Frank Reich starts to put his coaching staff together and we try to figure out whether he's going to be the play caller or if he's just going to be not necessarily a CEO head coach, but he's going to obviously be heavily involved in the offensive side of the ball, but is he going to be the play caller? He said he's going to wait until he gets his offensive staff together before he decides what he's going to do. He notices that there's a trend going away from being the play calling head coach. I know in Philadelphia, Nick Sirianni, he at first was a play caller, then decided halfway through his first season in 2021 to let uh, Shane Steichen to be the play caller. And that's, of course, led to success with him going to the playoffs a year ago and now being in the Super Bowl next Sunday. So good for the Eagles. And you go back and forth because sometimes it's a good thing. Other times it might just be too much for a head coach, and we'll see whether Frank Reich wants to do it or not. And either way, it's going to be his offense. It's going to be his philosophy. It's going to be an offense that I think is going to be different and more modern than what we want to see. It's going to be very similar to what you see in Philadelphia. And I think you got to like what you see in Philadelphia with that offense. And that's basically Frank Reich's offense. So we'll see how it works out. So he might call plays. He enjoys that aspect of it, but he's not necessarily married to it. And he brought up, though, that David Tepper is going to be willing to give up as much money as possible to bring in the best staff so that Frank Reich may not have to worry about being the everyday play caller here in Carolina, but make no bones about it. The dude is going to have an input on what plays are called and what the scheme is going to be here in Carolina. Now, the big question, of course, is the plan at quarterback, and Frank Reich knows that stability is massive, as he did not have stability in Indianapolis. The only reason he was talking to us on Tuesday was because of that instability at that quarterback position in Indy following the retirement of Andrew Luck. He said, he said that you have to have a stability at quarterback. He's learned how to adapt to different styles, but it's not an ideal situation, and we certainly have seen here in Carolina um, the less than ideal situations of Teddy Bridgewater, of Sam Darnold, of Baker Mayfield and of PJ Walker, even who played admirably. It's not been ideal the last three years and we have to find stability at that position. And that goes back to a year ago when Scott Fitter, the Panthers general manager was talking about, we need stability and someone has to stabilize that position. Well, it has not happened. Now it has to happen. Now, what kind of quarterback does he want? Frank Reich talks about how he knows the game is going towards a more mobile quarterback. You can't just have a statue back there and that you need to have, it's an advantage to have someone who can really, you know, put the defense in conflict by having to equate for that quarterback in the run game and all that. And when you're looking at some of the guys that are available, like CJ Stroud, not necessarily was a running quarterback, but he showed that ability in that playoff game against Georgia or against, um, yeah, against Georgia, Bryce Young, not much of a runner, but he can do it as well. Will Levis certainly has that athleticism. Anthony Richardson, of course, has that as well when it comes to, you know, the mobility. Like, there's not a single quarterback of the top four. Even Hendon Hooker, you want to throw him out there, not sure where he's going to land. Of the top five quarterbacks going to be talked about, none of those guys are statues. So, any one of them is going to fit into the mold of that modern quarterback. Now, we get the one or two, like, what did he learn um, when being in Indianapolis? You know, he, he talked about he had a good diversity of thought and personality and coaching styles on his staff and that chemistry was important. But after being fired, he talked about, you know, hey, it's been, it was a blessing in disguise that he's let go in Indy because it provided him an opportunity to kind of debug things. He used an app um, analogy where, hey, like, you know, look, I, you, got, you got an app, you got 1.0, you got 2.0. You continuously try to figure out what, what's going on with his app, how you can improve it. And he kind of did the same thing with himself as a head coach, being like, hey, I'm version 2.0 now. And he's going to stay true to his process, but he's going to keep challenging and pushing himself to then have a better foundation and situation here in Carolina. Of course, the quarterbacks can be paramount to that success, but it was good to hear Frank Reich just talk about how he took some time over the last couple of months and really thought about, hey, how can I be a better version of me? How can I be a better coach? And in my next situation, whether it comes now, which it did, or in the future, how can I have more success in that next go-around? Now, as far as who's going to be 
kind of like the guy who gets the final say with the roster before the previous arrangement was that Matt Rule had a ton of say. And David Sepper told us when he fired Matt Rule back in October that he likely would not go back to that situation where the coach had as much power as he had. I've always felt like what makes the most sense is general manager controls the roster. Obviously, the coach has input and all that. General manager does trades and the draft. The coach coaches the team. But certainly, the coach does not need to just be coaching the players as the general manager gets them. The coach has to tell the general manager what he's looking for defensively, offensively, what his scheme is, what his philosophy is. And in the GM, with the head coach, goes out there and finds those right players. At the end of the day, the GM's the guy who's really getting the players where the coach is focusing on coaching the players and everything that happens, you know, Monday through Sunday on the field and at practice and in the locker room and all that. Now, apparently, according to um, Frank Reich, the relationship between him and Scott Fitter, he's talking about he's really excited about the collaborative effort that they're going to have. He's really excited about the relationship that he thinks they're going to be able to establish here in Carolina. I never heard any bad things about him and uh, Colts general manager Chris Ballard. Seemed like they had a good relationship. Why Ballard's still there and Reich's not here and Reich's here? I have no idea. But either way, he told us that Scott Fitter is going to have control of the 53 while Reich will decide you know who's active and who's inactive on game day. But again, it's going to be a collaborative effort. David Tepper is going to have a say on the players, of course. I mean, he's going to have an understanding, more so than the say, an understanding of what they're looking for, who they're looking for. Scott Fitter is going to be really the man in charge of going out there and getting those guys. But Reich is going to be in that room with Dan Morgan, with Samir Suleiman, and, of course, with his coaching staff and all the other scouts. It's not just going to be Scott Fitter as his dictator deciding, hey, these are the players on the roster. So good to hear that because I like that more traditional structure, especially when you have a guy who has – a ton of experience in the NFL like Fitter, and of course, Reich as well, where Matt Rule just did not have that experience. And you saw when looking at the roster, the amount of Temple and Baylor guys, and how, of course, of his coaching staff just was not up to par to have success and compete in the NFL. Uh, last thing he left us with was um, his five traits of being great when it comes to being a play for a player. He talked about toughness, accelerated vision, which means slowing down a game for yourself, footwork, playmaking, having that X factor. So we've got the pillars. We, we got the five traits of great Frank Wright giving us a lot of meat right there to kind of digest and get excited about, about how's his philosophy and what he's thinking about. And not the way of the Panther and that kind of nonsense that we had here before with Matt rule. So that's more of the nitty gritty of what Frank Reich had to say. Likes the current roster, especially what they got up front. Thinks that offense has potential um, may or may not call plays. That's to be determined later. Going to get a mobile quarterback. That's pretty much all that's available. Now it's not someone who's just, Going to be a runner. You got to win from the pocket. He also brought that up, and it will be Scott Fitter as control of 53. But again, it will be a collaborative effort between him, Scott Fitter, and of course, everyone at the top of the organization there in Carolina. So we heard a lot from Frank Reich on Tuesday. We did not hear directly from David Tepper as far as at the podium, but he did speak to the media corps in a little scrum afterwards, talking about the mistake he made with Matt Rule while not trying to dog Matt Rule on his birthday, mind you, and also. Kind of the thoughts moving forward and also a little bit from Scott Fitter. So we'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. And before we do that, let me tell you about our friends over at FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And we're really excited here at Lockdown about our new sports betting partner. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. 
Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on and claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more of FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories, and you got to try a Built Bar, y'all. We just got through the month of January, and I'm hoping that you're sticking to your goal of eating a little healthier. And if you're like me, where you're trying to eat a little bit healthier but don't want to compromise that taste, then, man, I've got just a thing for you. You've got to try Built. What Built Healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious you won't think they're good for you, perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy, only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't have to wait around to get a box for years. We've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. You can still do that, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club and, of course, a member, run in and grab a 13-bar box with their hit new flavor, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. We haven't heard from Panthers owner David Zepper since he fired Matt Rule back in October, but we got to hear from him on Tuesday afternoon after Frank Reich had his introductory press conference where Zepper gave us a little bit of insight into the process and why uh, Steve Wilkes was not the head coach here in Carolina. But first, he did talk about his mistake in hiring Matt Rule a couple years ago. And I know I certainly have been hard on David Tepper. I'm not necessarily a David Tepper fan. And I've been kind of looking in the mirror and wondering to myself, maybe you should dial it back on David Tepper because he's still as young as far as his ownership thing goes in his first two years he kept Ron Rivera no problem with that and then the last three years yeah that's on Tepper and there's still the stuff that's gone with Tepper Sports Entertainment some of the execs that have left and then his first coaching hire of Charlotte FC but the guy is trying he's going on the job and he has shown the humility to understand that he does not know everything so I should sit back and understand that too and respect what David Tepper is saying as he is still trying to learn to be an owner here in the NFL. Now, if he gets his higher rung, then, yeah, I think I'm just going to crush him from now on. But, no, I think David Tepper means well, obviously. He wants to win. He certainly has talked about that, how he's ticked off when the Panthers don't win, and certainly that's how y'all feel as well. So, I hope he got it right. I really do. And he talked about he admitted that he made a mistake by hiring a CEO type of coach and Matt Rule, and he thinks that a coach should have a mastery either on defense or offense. He did not miss, mention special teams at all. I think um, – John Harbaugh's done a pretty good job as a special teams coach. But either way, defensive side of the ball, offensive side of the ball, it can't just be, hey, I'm a CEO. I'm going to let you kind of oversee everything. He wants to have a real ball coach there here in Carolina, which he thinks he has now, and Frank Reich. And he also said that the first go-around as someone hiring a head coach here in the NFL, that he could have had a better process. And that's just part of the learning experience. Now he has Scott Fitterer with him. Before he had Marty Herney. Now he has Dan Morgan with him. He has a better front office, Samir Suleiman, who spent time in Pittsburgh as well. And you think about the guys that are in that front office, and I've talked about this before on the podcast, I feel like this might be the best front office that we've ever had here in Carolina. We talk about Fitterer and Morgan and Suleiman and uh, Pat Stewart as well, the brain trust here in Carolina. You feel really good and have to trust in those guys moving forward, and I certainly am going to do that now that you have Frank Reich, who's a proven head coach in the NFL. 
while things didn't work out, a lot of that's on the quarterback situation. How much is that on him? I'm not quite sure. Still need to talk to somebody in Indy and understand further what happened there because Wright didn't really give us that much other than being like, hey, we couldn't run the football. Okay, dude, you had five different starting quarterbacks in five different years. Clearly it was not just not being able to run the football that held you back there in Indianapolis. But um, either way, I like the process they have now. And Tepper learned which is what you want to see from a guy who has not been an owner for very long, who's now on his second head coach after, you know, botching the first head coaching hire. So he's shown humility. He's understanding that, hey, man, I can do better, and I got better people around me, and that's a good thing. Now, it was very clear from the beginning that he wanted an offensive mind head coach. We talk about Mike Kafka and um, Ben Johnson was a favorite. Shane Steichen was a favorite at a point in time. Uh, all the young offensive-minded, Ken Dorsey, the young offensive-minded former quarterbacks that he wanted to talk to, it was very clear that's what he wanted. And that is just the trend in the NFL. We see that Denver has decided to trade for Sean Payton, who's an offensive-minded head coach. Uh, we see Houston has gone out there and hired D'Amico Ryans, who's a defensive coach, but is a former player. And it looked like Austin, probably the runner-up, might have been Jonathan Gannon. And Denver was trying to get D'Amico Ryans as well. Arizona doesn't have their coach yet. It looks like Indianapolis is probably going to go offensive side of the ball if it's going to be Jeff Saturday. Who knows? But it's all in all likelihood, four of the five hires are going to be from the offensive side of the ball. And that's just how the NFL is trending. And David Tepper, his methodology behind it was interesting. He said that the reason why he wanted to do that was because of the NFL changing all the rules in favor of the offense. Like you can't touch the quarterback. You can't hit the receiver um, high. You get him low, but then that can lead to way worse injuries, at least at that point in time. Uh, you, you can't do really anything <laughs> when it comes to playing defense. They make it very difficult in the NFL nowadays. And I don't know if the NFL changing the rules is a good enough reason to want an offensive-minded head coach. You should just want the person who has the best process, the best vision, and can be the best leader more than, like, whether they coach offense or defense. And so I, I, I was a little surprised by that. I'm not necessarily saying it's wrong, as we'll see. If you got the right guy, you got the right guy. Uh, it doesn't really matter if the reason he got the right guy was correct or not. Um, it's just landing on that dude in the first place. So, yeah, I thought I, I found it interesting. That he was like, oh, well, the rules are favoring the offense. We have to have an offensive head coach. Okay, I guess. So if the rules are defense, would he want a defensive head coach? I don't know. What about special teams? Either way, um, so that goes to Steve Wilkes, who, of course, did not get the job. I saw that San Francisco, who has lost to Miko Ryans, and they were out there requesting interviews with defensive coordinators before the news season even announced that Miko was leaving, which was very obvious over the last couple of weeks that he's going to be leaving San Francisco. But Steve Wilkes going out there to interview um, with San Francisco. Maybe he gets a job. Hopefully he gets a job somewhere as a D.C. I would imagine Al Holcomb might follow him. We'll see what happens there. Um, but Tepper said that Steve Wilkes got a fair shot. Now, the one thing that, that stood out to me about what David Tepper had to say was when they brought in all the camp coaching candidates, the conversation was about the future, about who could help them win the future. It seemed like he wasn't very focused on the past. He wasn't very focused on, hey, what Frank Reich did in Indianapolis, what Steve Wilkes was able to do over the last 12 games of Carolina. He was focused on who had the best vision for the future of this franchise. It's hard to believe that's completely what happened because you have to imagine that you, you can't ignore – Frank Reich having 74 games of head coaching experience. You can't ignore him being an OC for a Super Bowl winning team in the Philadelphia Eagles a couple of years ago. And you can't ignore what Steve Wilkes able to do here on the field. But the way he at least framed it, all the conversations were about the future. We're not going to worry about what happened in the past. We're not going to worry about whether it was here or in Indianapolis or elsewhere. We want to know what you can do for us to help us move us forward in the future. And apparently the pitch that uh, he got from 
Frank Reich was the best. And Scott Fitter even said that, hey, from the beginning, Frank Reich stood out with his vision. And when they brought him back the second time, he went even deeper into what he wanted to do here in Carolina. And that does not surprise me. He seems like a very sharp guy. I mean, he's a very sharp guy, clearly. And I'm not surprised at all that Frank Reich was able to stand out by what he wanted to do. And Scott has to understand. I'm sure David had to understand everyone in there that, man, the guy's done it before. He's had success. And then what he's laying out to us, it's really hard to beat that. So I see why Frank Reich is a head coach here in Carolina. Now, one thing, too, and David Tepper talked about the, the good old boy network. And now you got to you got to tear that down. He highlighted diversity within the organization. Like Christy Coleman, who is the team president, obviously a female. Uh, you have other diverse candidate or people in this organization like uh, Keisha Smith, who's the SVP of chief uh, of SVP chief people officer, which never even heard of that um, here in Carolina, Nicole Tepper, his wife, but still holds an executive position um, at Tepper sports entertainment as a chief administrative officer. And you got guys like Steven Drummond, who's one of the highest ranking black men in an NFL organization. And David Tepper, the same guy who signed Eric Reed. So I, I don't look at David Tepper as a guy who didn't hire Steve Wilkes because he's black. He's, I, I definitely don't, look at David Tepper being that kind of dude. He's still at at his heart. And I feel like at his core, he's always going to remember that he is a poor kid from Pittsburgh who made a ton of money and now is living a dream, owning an NFL team, and he's putting his heart and soul into it. So I think he's a good dude at heart, and I do not think that he did not hire Steve Wilkes because Steve Wilkes is black. He hired Frank Reich because he felt like Frank Reich had the best vision, and it's unfortunate that Steve Wilkes did not get the job because what else does he have to do? What else does a black coach have to do? get an opportunity other than I guess being an offensive coach which seems to be what held him back that and I guess Frank Reich having what appeared to be a better plan on paper moving forward for the Carolina Panthers so he, he pointed all that out while also talking about the key decision makers being Scott Fitter being Dan Morgan two white men and it was I saw Jim Trotter on NFL Network I kind of call him out there I don't really think that's all that that fair uh, we don't know who was the entire hiring process. Nicole Tepper was in there. Whether she did or did not do the diversity training uh, is certainly something that's important. I hope that she actually did and that that report was erroneous, but hard to think that my boy Jonathan Jones would get that wrong. Either way, I don't really think race really played all that much into who got the job or not. I just think they like Frank Reich, liked his vision, looked at what he did in the past, and appreciate the job Steve Wilkes did. But at the very beginning, he kind of let us know that Steve Wilkes was not going to be the head coach here in Carolina. Is it wrong that he didn't get the job? I, yeah, on a certain level it is. But also, I mean, it's a business, and I guess they made whatever they thought the best business decision was for them. But Steve Wilkes should be a head coach somewhere. And they got a good one in Frank Reich. Hopefully it works out. But uh, that's just uh, kind of the things that David Tepper had to say there on Tuesday as Frank Reich was formally introduced as the new head coach here for the Carolina Panthers. All right, it's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all make sure to watch the show, subscribe to the show over on our Lockdown Panthers YouTube channel. Also, check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Just be sure to rate, review, subscribe so you never miss a single edition. And follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where on Friday I'll be back answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council to participate on this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole as always. Keep pounding, and I'll talk to y'all on Thursday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.